Welcome everyone into the Hypertime, the Hypertime to Podcast. And I am back for the October episode, which will be kind of themed for the spooky Halloween season, even though the story we're going to talk about is not exactly spooky or Halloween themed. But to do that with me is my co-host and friend, Alan Muir. Alan, how are you? I'm doing well. It is... I lost a bid, eBay bid, get some, like, a lot of stores, old stores books. Oh, that one you showed us in the chat earlier? Yeah, I was like, I put in, my bid was like $24. Then the last, within the last 30 minutes, I I get a t- message, like an alert saying, you've been outbid, you've been outbid, outbidden, uh, 24.50, and then ended up going to, like, 27 <laughs> And I'm like, thank God, I didn't want, I didn't want to buy those freaking <laughs> So why'd you put a bid in for it? Oh, it was at the time I wanted them. I placed a bid before looking at like what books were there. And a bunch of them I already own from previous. <laughs> like I, I have I have too many Star Wars books, like current canon and old canon. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were originally referring to the thing I th- I think you showed just a couple hours ago. I don't remember if that was an eBay bid or if it was just on Amazon for some cards. Oh no, that was one you pre-ordered. Okay. Oh no, the, those are Pokemon, those are Pokemon cards. What is a memories collection? Are they just like no... old cards? Like <laughs> I think so. All I know is that they they went up early for pro members because I guess I guess it's the only thing that they, they can. The only edge you can get on the competition with uh, games up. Take whatever edge you can, because when it comes to those cards, you kind of need whatever you can get. I have an elite trainer's box that I still haven't opened. <laughs> it's just sitting on my bed, and I look, and every every time I try to sleep, that thing will, will I'll almost, I'll hear it bang against the wall. <laughs> I'm telling you, just do an unboxing for the site. I actually had an idea uh, of something I can't even find any of the things I want to do for, but I was thinking of like, I know like Hot Topic and Spencer's and stuff would have like old energy drinks of like video game characters and whatnot. And I was like, maybe I should do like one of those drink test things <laughs> where you just have oh, like so, four or five. So, so basically the old version, like the r- retro episodes of the Bombcast. Exactly. It'll be the only time I will let anybody on the site like see my face in a video <laughs> of any sort. But then I was like, look, actually like looking for things, and I couldn't find anything that is like new or recent. It's always things that are like ten years old, and I'm like, I'm not gonna kill myself for <laughs> for a video. Oh, and just a warning, listeners: if you hear explosions on my end, that's because I am in the middle of Vietnam. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm in hell where there's where the only way they can communicate it are, is shooting off fireworks. I wasn't sure if he had dropped something or not, but yeah, I could hear it in the background myself. 
It feels like I feel I feel like I'm in a civil war battle every single every single day. <laughs> they just don't know when to stop, Alan. Speaking of not stopping, uh, we are going to talk about a series that never really seemed to stop. It just kept coming back and back, even though, in my opinion, the series never was really good enough to warrant keep coming back. But sales wise, it apparently proved the opposite. <laughs> it always sold very well. Um, and I am talking Marvel Zombies. Particularly for today's episode, we're just going to talk about that very first series. I've read two, three, four, and I think a few of the other side stories. And honestly, none of them have ever really stuck with me. But I, I remember them for the wrong, for the reason that Marvel shouldn't be. By the time by the time this comes out, it'll be considered old. On an old episode of when I um, or Raul actually summed up basically just this this basically did this, but in like five six minutes, like he he explained uh, Marvel Zombies to Graydon. <laughs> and honestly, five or six minutes is probably more time needed than <laughs> what the story actually deserves. And like I had no idea, I had no idea this was going to be an episode because, as Raul was explaining and going over everything, I was, I, I was, I just was typing, like I just typed in the, in the podcast chat, in parentheses, this is going to be the next banter uh, video, just just heads up, like just heads up. <laughs> yeah, when I saw Raul going like all Marvel zombies crazy on Twitter, I was like, maybe I should bring him on to do something too. But I know his schedule is a bit more hectic with his job and everything. So I was like, no, no, I'll just <laughs> I'll just do I'll just focus on the first series. And maybe we could add his banter to like the end of this episode or something. This isn't much of a spoiler. Maybe for those who have less who have actually read the story. But the complete story can never be reprinted because of a character who Marvel no longer has the rights to. Like on the episode of when I was like, and then I was reading it. And I was like, "Hey, what is so and so doing here? He doesn't belong here." <laughs> and that's what, and that triggered Raul's his his TED talk. It was a good TED talk. It was good. He explained it well, and I, he's read. I mean, he's read more of it than I have. So hearing about like the tie into Army of Darkness and <laughs> Ash and all that, I was like. Okay, I knew of that series, but I didn't really know what happened in it. So, yeah, honestly, I I read the story not as it was as it should have been, and out of order as well. So I'm just re- I'm reading it, and then I see, oh, this character shows up, and I think, oh, this character this character died already. Oh, look, it's Punisher. Oh, there goes Punisher. Yeah, Marvel Zombies is just like a really weird thing. It just kind of goes places after really Marvel Zombies 2, uh, when I think it's Fred Van Lent kind of takes over the writing portion of it. And yeah. um, I had no idea that uh, Kirkman worked on it. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was when I it was during like it was when I got into comics. Back in 20, 2010. And also, at the same time, before I started reading Walking Dead, and that 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 wasn't really kind of Marvel to give uh, Kirkman, like 
considering Invincible, he should have gotten, should have given him like a, like an actual. Not to say that, not to say the Marvel Zombies isn't a million seller, but they could, they should have given him something better. They eventually got there, but they kind of did Kirkman wrong for, <laughs> for a little bit there. But yeah, I think. Kirkman was kind of uh, typecasted to being like the zombie writer after Walking Dead. And I think to his credit, Marvel zombies kind of helped him out in a lot of ways uh, that we'll get into. But yeah, I mean, this was one of those books that I was picking up as it was coming out because at that time I was picking up practically everything on the shelf week in and week out. And I think the thing that really drew me in was uh, the the covers in particular. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Arthur Sidem. Sidem. I'm, I'm not really sure. I actually got uh, his signature on a little poster at one of the comic cons around here of him doing the very memorable crisis on infinite earths. Uh, I think it's eight where Superman's holding Supergirl's dead body, but they're all zombies. Oh, that. Oh, man. It, oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. But yeah, just like his covers in general were just unlike anything I had seen at that point. And the fact that he was recreating all these different covers of like old memorable, you know, iconic Marvel covers was just so cool. And I just kind of wish that the story itself was as cool as (laughs) the covers. But, you know, it was enjoyable enough that I would keep reading it, but... I can't say I like after I got done reading and I was like, that was a worthwhile read. It was just kind of like goofy, goofy zombie fun. But I can't remember. Um, just a, oh, sorry. Did you read this story? I, I read bits and pieces by that. I mean, I read what I thought was the beginning was actually not even close to the beginning. Oh, mm-hmm. but at least at least DC got some of us like their hand in the in the. They no, they did. They, DC double dipped with uh, <laughs> yes, they did the version. They got they got Blackest Night and uh, Deceased. Yep. <laughs> and strangely, Deceased is the one is the, I, I can read Deceased and not have nightmares as a, compared to this. <laughs> yeah, I can't even remember. Was Blackest Night Blackest Night was after Marvel Zombies, right? I wish I had the dates on here. Uh, Blackest Night was, I want to say, 2009, 2010. This is why I wish uh, Comic Book Database still existed. Okay, yeah, Marvel Zombies came out in 2005, so yeah, it was well ahead of Blackest Night. But yeah, since I guess we're going, we're kind of already starting to get into it, let's go ahead and jump into the kind of origins of it. Um, all of this stuff is pretty cut and dry. It's not anything too crazy um but still kind of interesting to learn how it all got off the ground and so you know marvel zombies i think is often associated with robert kirkman because the main series itself started out with him as the writer but the whole idea actually came from mark miller during his ultimate fantastic four arc um specifically the issues 21 through 23 And this all kind of came about um, back when Marvel was struggling, kind of similar to what we were talking about with like 
know, Bendis doing Avengers and all that fun stuff. But during one of their summits, specifically a summit in the break room at a card table, um, I had a few people gathered around Mark Miller, Brian Bendis, Joe Cusada, um, my guest Tom Bravor and all this too. Mark proposed the idea to everyone. I I got I want to do it in an accent so bad, but I know it's going to be awful. Marvel zombies, but they're really zombies. And everyone just kind of laughed at him. Thought it was some sort of like joke that he was just kind of throwing out in the ether just to give everyone a rise. But he ran with it and he put that in Ultimate Fantastic Four. And it was just kind of this few issue thing that happened and then kind of brushed aside. But Tom Bravort wanted to take that idea that he introduced and do a spinoff series involving them. And editor Ralph Macchio, and not the Karate Kid Ralph Macchio, he called Robert Kirkman to do this story regarding Marvel zombies. He knew that Kirkman loved zombies, you know, as if The Walking Dead didn't show that. Um, And he also loved Marvel characters. And so Machio thought this would fit well, and Kirkman kind of thought the same thing. But he also didn't want to be, quote unquote, the zombie guy. But he did agree to the miniseries, and that was kind of solidified even more when the person that was brought on to do the art gig was Sean Phillips. And Kirkman loved Phillips. He really enjoyed his work on Sleeper with Ed Brubaker and couldn't wait to work with him on Marvel Zombies as well. And Phillips himself was glad to take the work because between his artist gigs, he didn't have any work to do. He was basically out of work at that time. And so when he was given the option to do Marvel Zombies, he leaped on it immediately. Arthur Sidem, specifically when it came to the reactions to Marvel Zombies, he said, Well, judging from the blog reactions, when Marvel Zombies first came out, I was the only guy who had the idea it was going to take off. Everybody at Marvel thought, this is going to be one of those things that will come out and no one will notice it. It's going to disappear. As soon as I knew what the project was going to be, I thought this had the potential to be big because I knew what the fans wanted. Okay, is, can I just uh, interject with something that I can actually? Sure. Like something, okay, I'll 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 just see if I can send you the the uh, cover for it. Uh, back I want to say six seven years ago, uh, Josh Mobley at, at the time, VGU co-head with the Sponge, James Pangello, wanted to do a magazine. Like I think it was, he came up. He came up with like how it would go. I contributed, I think, one hundred and fifty dollars, hmm. or maybe one fifty to two hundred, and we needed three hundred. And I as back when I was wide eyed, as I as I <laughs> think of think look back, and it was like the, the cover was wasn't no I think it was twenty thirteen, because the cover was injustice. It was Batman fighting Superman, uh, Superman. And yeah, I just remember Video Game Utopia, something, something. And then it, was, it had like uh, like a, a preview, a review I did for one of the Metro games. 
or Dead Island games. Hmm. And I had a bunch of other stuff. And I, I really, this is sort of, this is kind of, sounding, not a thing of it sounding like the anti-Marvel zombies. But I was, I think I was the only one who, who was, who was, who thought, this is going to do gangbusters. <laughs> yeah, that's, let's just say that the, the, not a lot of people contributed or like the crowdfunding campaign didn't go well. Mm. I'll say that must've been before I came on. Cause I don't remember that at all. <laughs> yeah, it was, I want to say you, know, you joined in late I, 2013, right? Yeah. I joined August of 2013. Yeah. Cause I, I joined January of 2013. But enough of that back to the show. So when Sean Phillips was brought on board, he wanted to do something similar that he did with Ed Brubaker on Sleeper, maybe because he knew Kirkman loved it. It was going to be photo referenced and mostly inked with brush, but he was going to have it less free form than what he did on that book. However, because these zombies were already an established thing that was done in Fantastic Four, sorry, Ultimate Fantastic Four, he wanted to keep it cohesive with the original designs that Greg Land had put together during that original appearance. Kirkman himself never planned on there being a sequel to Marvel Zombies, but he also wasn't ruling it out prior to the book's release. And Sean Phillips as well said he would be down to do another go at the zombie universe, but only if Robert Kirkman was at the helm. Um, If I remember, I think they both came back on for Marvel Zombies 2. I don't have that in front of me, so I could be wrong, but Kirkman at least did, but I think Phillips came back too. And then with the covers, which I think is probably one of the most notable things about that whole series, Arthur Sidem was tasked with bringing eyes to the covers of that book. And to say that he succeeded would be a vast understatement. I would say that his covers would regularly outshine the stories themselves as they were amazing zombified recreations of the beloved covers so much so that they basically had to put out books of just his cover collections of that series. When he was chosen by Marvel to do the covers, they never forced him to do any particular ones. Instead, he had a bunch of old comic covers that he really loved, but he also reached out to his friends to get suggestions on ones that they loved. So when he had a decent batch to pick from, he looked them over, decided on which ones he liked the most, and went, to work on recreating those covers. So for instance, the choice for Marvel zombies, number one was an easy choice. And that would be amazing fantasy 15. He knew he was going to try and touch on iconic references and they don't rarely come more iconic than the cover that debuted Spider-Man. Plus, since this would be the first issue, he thought it would be the best choice to kick off the series as well. Typically he would also try to put in humor into his work For instance, when recreating the Kirby cover for Avengers 4, where Captain America is front and center, he took off the top part of Cap's head and filled it with a bird's nest. And in a few of the other covers, he has like Cyclops shooting his eye beams, but they're coming from his decapitated head. When doing the cover homage of the Amazing Spider-Man Annual 21, that cover took him almost two weeks. Um, But you can find a little humor there as well as he had mice find their home in the dilapidated dress of MJ. And so this kind of stuff you can find throughout all of his books. Just some kind of like goofy zombie takes. That's just pretty great in general. 
And so while Marvel would give him some lead time on the regular issues to complete the covers, the stress would kick in with each reprint. Since the books were flying off the shelves, Marvel would reach out to him each time to see if he could provide something new. But unfortunately, because they were trying to get those reprints out ASAP, he was rushed a little bit more to get those completed versus the lead time he had with the original covers. But the covers themselves are really jaw-dropping, and the pun is intended there, so much so that Marvel released a book called Marvel Zombies, The Covers. I will try to put a lot of these covers on the site. I don't know if I can put too many of them without being a, uh, a problem of sorts, but I will try and get some of the ones I personally love on there just to check out. And so from there, we will get into the actual Marvel zombie story. But I wanted to take a moment to kind of go through what happens in that Ultimate Fantastic Four run that Mark Miller did that kind of introduced the whole zombie universe. And so in Ultimate Fantastic Four 21 through 23, we see the young Reed Richards of the Ultimate Universe get a call from the alternate dimension Reed Richards. And this Reed convinces the young Reed to use his teleporter and travel to the other dimension, which Kid Richards agrees to. Uh, however, when he gets there, he realizes that everything is in shambles. Uh, he is surprised by the Fantastic Four of that reality that they are zombies and they are basically waiting to greet him and find a way into his universe. Uh, they kind of quickly reveal how their universe became all zombified. So Sentry falls to Earth, but at that point he was already zombie, and he just kind of went to town starting to turn everybody into zombies, specifically the heroes. Um, and that's how the virus spreads. It latches onto heroes, and it uses them to traverse the universe and the multiverse in general. So yeah, unfortunately, the reason they need the new Reed Richards is because their f world is out of food. And so they needed a way to traverse into another universe to have a whole new, you know, feeding frenzy, essentially. And young Reed was stupid enough to give them that ability. However, the other zombified heroes join the fray and all of them are hungry. They all want Reed Richards. That is until a non-zombified Magneto arrives. He saves the day by launching a plethora of cars at the zombies, and he is able to take Reed Richards and escape. Now, Magneto isn't really sure how many people are left at this point. Um, as far as he knows, he is the remaining non-zombie superpower in the world, and he is taking care of a very small number of regular humans. He informs young Reed that the whole thing started only a few days prior, and that's how long it took for the zombie heroes to destroy a world. Just a couple of days. But now this read gives Magneto and the humans hope that they can escape the dimension and leave the zombies there. But the zombie Fantastic Four have already done that. Thankfully, the other three members of the Fantastic Four that are left in the original Ultimate Universe, this God, this gets confusing. They see these zombie versions come through and are able to prevent them from doing anything um, and traps them. So back in the zombie universe, Magneto and all of the people he's protecting, they're found out, their lair is breached, and they go for like a full sprint towards the Baxter building to try and 
get out of that universe. Tons of fighting goes on, and basically everybody gets out but Magneto. Magneto knows that the machine has to be destroyed to prevent all those zombies to flood over into their world. And so he's the one who decides to do it. He creates a large explosion after everyone is teleported back to the ultimate universe. And that's kind of the last we see of Magneto and young Reed is checking out the zombies there and informs them that he designed that the holding cell that they're in is strong enough to contain the Hulk, but zombie Reed makes it perfectly clear. He has decades of experience on his side and he will find a way out. And so that's kind of where that zombie story ends and Marvel zombies. Number one begins. This will be pretty quick because for all of that, not a whole lot really happens in this book. <laughs> you know, I just realized something. What was that? Okay, if I know this is this is gonna be very like how people in the MC like the best like that bit in um Ant-Man when he tells he's he Hank Hank Pym tells him about the whole thing they're gonna do. He's like, Well, it's just call the Avengers. Except that and <laughs> In this, in the case of Marvel Zombies, why doesn't Black Bolt just scream? Yeah, <laughs> because like scream at the top of his at the top of his lungs or top of his voice, because that would cause a nuclear that would, that that would r- rip the Earth in half. <laughs> yeah, if I remember right, in the story, the Avengers were actually the first ones to show up on the scene when Sentry fell to Earth, and so that was like the worst idea to happen. <laughs> is like. Oh, Captain America's there. Now he's a zombie. <laughs> Iron Man is somehow a zombie, even though he's still stuck in his armor. I don't. <laughs> yeah. And also, I just I, I have to say this. I forgot which I forgot. I keep getting recommended a video essay on why why zombie Mark Momo zombies. Spider-Man Peter Parker is the purest Peter Parker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of. I could. I think there could be an argument for that. We'll get into that a little bit a little bit later. I'll bring it up when <laughs> when we yeah, get there. Like, oh man, it gets real weird with Peter. <laughs> so, Marvel Zombies number one starts where the Ultimate Fantastic Four issue left off in the zombie universe. Uh, Magneto has destroyed the machine to travel between dimensions, but he survived and is surrounded by a number of superhuman zombies. He tries fighting back. He sends many pieces of metallic rubble hurling through many of the zombies. And he tries to escape. During the escape, we see zombie Spider-Man breaking his leg in half during the chase. And Magneto is able to use Captain America's shield to slice part of Cap's head off. Not enough to kill him. Well, not you can't kill a zombie. He's already dead. But to uh, stop him, immobilize him permanently. But... It leads to some good kind of uh, humor regarding Captain America and his split head and seeing his brains and everything. And so Magneto is able to escape briefly. And it's during this point where he is contacted by someone that he thought was dead. And this person is on Asteroid M. Magneto says he will find a way up to the asteroid, but to remain on radio silence until then. 
And as he heads towards the sewers, he is surprised by a zombie Hawkeye who gets off a shot, lodging an arrow in Magneto's side. Magneto uses the manhole cover to slice off Hawkeye's head, and as the zombies head towards him, he finds ways to slow them down, including collapsing a whole building. However, a miniature zombie wasp, uh, specifically Janet Van Dyne, not the actual insect, <laughs> flies in undetected, grows in size, and bites Magneto from behind as he gloats. Uh, many of the other zombified heroes start arguing over eating Magneto, but in the end, we get a very rom- Romero-esque page of panels showing the zombies feasting on Magneto and all of his insides. Did Okay, uh, did he say, I hope you choke on him? <laughs> I don't think he did. Because that would have been very Romero. <laughs> like that, that'd be the ultimate, like the the ultimate way for Kirkman to pay homage to uh, George Romero. And that is something Magneto would absolutely say as well. And so the zombies take a moment to collect themselves, noting how they feel now as zombies, including some human elements showing after feeding, um, especially Spider-Man. Um, and this also includes some humor mixed in like the Hulk having reverted back to Banner, but his body can't take all of the meat that the Hulk actually consumed. And so his, as Banner, his stomach basically bursts open. Uh, zombie Luke Cage points out a figure in the sky. We see the silver surfer and the zombies attack in hopes to feast again. And so I forgot. I did not put down exactly what was said during that, like more human discussion but it was kind of they were kind of going about how like disgusted they are with themselves that they're doing this and they don't really know how to do anything about it i can't remember if it's in this issue or another issue but spider-man basically says that the whole reason he wears his mask even though it's not really necessary at this point is that he can't basically stand seeing himself he would rather do this as spider-man than then going around eating people as Peter Parker, because I guess he is the one who ate like Aunt May, Mary Jane. <laughs> and so like, he's so ashamed of himself that he would rather hide behind his mask than just leave his himself as Peter Parker out in the open. And, P- and Spider-Man kind of has like several moments throughout the series where he keeps bringing up like this, this isn't right. Like we shouldn't be doing this. And, I don't want to do this, but I can't help myself. And everyone yeah, like, else is like, um, get over it, dude. Like <laughs> Specifically him saying, oh my God, I ate so-and-so. Uh-huh. I'm not going to say who, but... And I'll say who it was. He he ate Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the one zombie who actually seems to feel remorseful, which I th- I think is probably why that video popped up for you. Because when, like, the entire universe is like, nope, we're just going to go along with it. Spider-Man's the one person who's like, what am I doing? Like, his own emotions seem to break past that, like, zombie brain of, well, I'm a zombie now. Let's just go feasting on everybody. He's the one who has guilt over what he's doing. So I'm assuming that's the route they're going in that video. But I can see them kind of being like, he might be the most pure because his own feelings and emotions are overcoming this whole zombie outbreak and transformation he's went under. 
So from there we go to Marvel Zombies number two. And despite the tease at the end of the first issue, Silver Surfer just kind of splits. Nothing really happens with him right there. Uh, Zombie Hank Pym wants to go find Janet, who split earlier, and tells the others to go back to Iron Man and tell him Magneto died in an explosion, so they couldn't bring any body parts back to hide the fact that they ate Magneto without sharing anything. But what they don't know is that Hank Pym has a hidden room where he's keeping a sedated T'Challa, and Hank is keeping him there on ice to ration off like parts of his body to satiate his own hunger. And Hank, I, Verb- I don't, I don't think that. Sorry, to interrupt. Uh, I don't think they, they. Be, I don't, I don't think this could happen in today's current climate. <laughs> no, especially, no. <laughs> especially. With after how Chadwick Boseman made that character his own, and then passed away, and based on also based on how everyone's reacting to all the Marvel games, and even certain comics, they just they 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 associate the the only thing they, thing they can comprehend is the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really funny to go back and read like some of these old Marvel stories and being like, God, how things have changed. <laughs> Yeah, like um, there was there's a moment in I think I think the it was the it was New Fifty Two Batgirl, and it was like after Gail Simone left left the, left the book, mm-hmm. and there's a trans character, and DC got some heat for that, not because of they had a trans character, because they fucked up. Hmm. I've not read it, so I have no clue like who this character is or how badly they messed up, but that's not good. <laughs> yeah, but then again, this is this was this was from twenty I wanna say twenty fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, trans people haven't exactly been represented well, so having a character that doesn't represent them when they are shown, I can see having a Having some heat with that. Okay, I uh, found it. Batgirl 37 from uh, 2014. And it turns out that um, like the character is a, there was a imposter Batgirl and it was a male artist named Dagger Type and it was Barbara reacting with amazement and, the, and, and an unfinished but ambiguous statement. But you're a Oh boy. Yeah, and in DC's defense, this was when uh Cameron Stewart was writing and the whole controversy with him. Or I can't remember if it was Cameron Stewart or Brendan Brendan Fletcher. Yeah, I'm trying to look it up now, and of course putting in Batgirl thirty seven is popping up other Batgirl thirty sevens. <laughs> uh, I'll find it. <laughs> uh let's see. Oh, no, it's written by Cameron Stewart and Brandon Fletcher, according to DC's site, at least. Hmm. Maybe I'll check okay, it out just, in DC Universe just to... I, I send you the... Um, I found the image and sent it to you in the Facebook chat. Okay. It's just one of the things where... I mean, they've they've come a long way since then. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Huh. Well... Learn from your mistakes, DC. 
or in the case of Cameron Stewart, never le- never learn or just mm. disappear. Yeah. But enough of that primary colors. Let's talk about all this darkness. So, yeah, Hank verbalizes things about his zombie self, like his love for the taste of flesh when he is surprised by Janet. She calls him out for keeping T'Challa a secret. And when she gives him an ultimatum to share T'Challa with her or she'll spill the goods to the rest of the gang, Hank decides to bite off her head. At one point, she was the size of a a wasp, um, but when it happened, it was kind of unclear if he grows or... She shrinks. I, I don't know. It was, if I remember right, the panel there was a little off, but the fact that the uh, Hank continues to do Janet wrong, even as zombies, is kind of telling of that relationship. So Hank tosses the body aside and spits out her head, remarking on how gross it tastes. And he starts chowing down on the shin of Black Panther he sawed off when T'Challa starts coming to. Um, so he leaves to find the sedative. And then we see a splash page of Silver Surfer seeing nothing but zombies in this world. And then it goes back to the other zombies who are meeting up with Iron Man, who quickly sees past the ruse using some quick thinking and zombie logic. Um, Spidey's conscious and Hulk turned back into Banner after eating. This is another case where apparently after Spider-Man eats, that's when he starts like really regretting everything he does. And apparently Iron Man is well aware of that. So when he comes back and Spider-Man's feeling all guilty, he knows Spider-Man ate something. And same thing with Banner. He's only Banner after he's been fed. Because when he gets hungry, Hulk get hungry. The hunger is essentially the anger at this point for Bruce Banner. So Tony gets the idea to split up in hopes of finding any and all survivors, including asking Cap about hidden bunkers for people high up in the government. But as they talk it through, Silver Silver Surfer shows back up. Um, He informs them that he has summoned Galactus, who will arrive shortly and consume the planet. But the zombies don't care. They just see food in Silver Surfer, and they attack. And unlike Marvel Zombies number two, in Marvel Zombies number three, they actually do fight Silver Surfer. There are plenty of zombies to fight, but Surfer has the power behind him. Um, His power cosmic is quite effective and cuts Iron Man in half. It blows a hole in Nova. um, And even when they get close to him, the Surfer's body is impenetrable to being bitten, but not getting knocked off his board as Thor shattered Mjolnir in his face. Uh, Surfer continues to be surrounded and is firing off blasts to keep the zombies at bay. But Zombie Wolverine rushes in, slashes Surfer, only to have the claws catch and rip out his skeleton in his forearm. So he pulls off his adamantium skeleton arm, uh, cuts off the flesh before Tony calls for Wolverine to throw his upper body at Surfer to fire off a repulsor blast. He is thrown, and they don't really show anything else in the comic resulting in what that does. Just kind of cuts off there. Hank sees the fighting from like an alleyway. He decides not to get involved. Bruce Banner and Spider-Man are talking. Bruce can feel the hunger return, and so he transforms into the Hulk. Spidey rips off his broken leg. Hulk leaps in, pulls Surfer away from the others, claiming Surfer is his. 
but Surfer blasts him in the face and leaps on his board to escape. But Hulk is not happy about being shot in the face with the power cosmic. So he leaps after Surfer, grabs him, and bites off his head. The zombies rush in, hoping to catch a meal, but Hank has grown large and carries Spider-Man and Iron Man over to Surfer's body, lifts it up, and allows the two to eat. Uh, Biting off Surfer's head did a number on the Hulk, but zombie Hercules notices the head is stuck in his mouth. He tries to pry it out, but Hulk wakes up angry and is still hungry. So we see Wolverine, Luke Cage, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Captain America, and Giant Man finish it. Um, And as Beast comes up to argue about them not sharing, Cap points out which... Or sorry, Cap points which releases some of the power cosmic and eviscerates Beast's head. The zombies who ate Surfer now have some of that power cosmic at their command. Uh, The next page, we see that Black Panther has escaped and he is holding on to Janet's head. She keeps begging for a bite, but T'Challa just wants her to shut up. Um, They do find a safe spot and they discuss the absurdity of the hunger, both as how she can't control it And he's trying to explain that she doesn't have a body to feed. So this is all just kind of a mental thing she has to get over. Just then, he is surprised by Fabian Cortez and the other Acolyte members from Asteroid M who are looking for Magneto. And then we see the zombified heroes who have the power cosmic and they wiped out all the other zombies. But they start regretting it now because Galactus has arrived. And they inform him that they ate the surfer and they will do the same to him. And that was the end of Marvel Zombies number three. Following along, Alan? <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> like, like it's, it's basically like it's zombies just trying to eat others, you know, other things. And yeah. And, and another case of, wait, why, why don't, why doesn't this happen? Why? Or it's actually a reason what something I want to have. I thought when I, when I first read it, so it turns out actually I did read this. I thought I had was where's Galactus, and then I realized, oh, if Galactus eats that eats the Earth, he'll, he'll technically be a zombie Earth, and then he'll become a zombie. And oh man, that's even effing worse. <laughs> yeah, it plays out a bit differently, but part of me would think that would be a really cool idea. It's like having a zombie Galactus going around and turning other planets into zombies having zombie heralds at his command and everything. But in Marvel Zombies number four, we see Galactus quickly overwhelming all the zombies, making them realize that his hunger exceeds their own. However, they try their best to put up a fight with the power cosmic, but it doesn't really bother him in the slightest. Instead, he fries half of Luke Cage's body, which is enough to send the other heroes running, even the Hulk. Hank Pym leads the zombies back to a secret lab to devise a plan but to his surprise, he realizes T'Challa is missing. And so we see T'Challa letting the Acolytes know that he is a human and it isn't some sort of trick. Some of the Acolytes don't trust him. And when they attack Black Panther, he tosses Janet's decapitated head at one of them. And she gets a nibble that she's been asking for. T'Challa continues to fight back, but Cortez puts an end to all the fighting and lets his team know that T'Challa is coming back with them to the asteroid. However, when they plan on destroying Janet's head, T'Challa stops them with promises that he will watch over her. We skip a few days ahead where Luke Cage and Spider-Man are playing a game of cards. It's a little heart to heart about how being zombies 
or about being zombies now and how Spider-Man wears his mask because of his shame of eating those who he loved. With that, Wolverine informs them that Captain America is back from his trip to Wakanda to gather some vibranium. This is the last piece for their plan against Galactus. And not only that, but Captain America finds out a way the zombies are holding off the hunger a little bit more. They're tearing out bits of the undigested meat from their open wounds and re-eating it. With everything in place, the zombie heroes head out to fight Galactus, but they aren't the first ones there. Fighting Galactus is a bunch of zombified villains like Venom, Red Skull, <laughs> Stilt Man, Green Goblin, Dr. Octopus, and a few more. Black Panther arrives on Asteroid M and hands over Janet's head in hopes to find a cure. He learns that the mutant Forge is also on the asteroid and will help T'Challa with a prosthetic for his missing body parts. The zombie heroes have everything set up and put their plan, put their hands in the machine that siphons the power cosmic from their bodies into a big concentrated blast that gets fired directly at Galactus. It hits him in the shoulder, clearly causing him pain, and the issue ends. Then in Marvel Zombies number five, we see them fire off a second blast, hitting him in the shoulder again, causing Galactus to collapse. The zombie villains rush in to feast on Galactus, but the heroes force them to stop as they were the ones to put him down. If anyone will feast, it will be them. Mole Man objects, but is quickly shut up with a cosmic blast through the face by Captain America. Then we see a very classic hero versus villain page of them rushing towards each other, except they're zombies. Uh, the villains don't stand much of a chance with the heroes having the power cosmic, but Captain America is one who doesn't. Red Skull uses quick thinking to pull the remaining brains of Captain America out of his head, rendering him fully dead. Spider-Man blasts off Red Skull's head and Hank Pym smashes it under his boot. The heroes finish off the villains and Galactus has come to again, threatening the zombies. However, they get the upper hand quickly as they leap on top of him and start biting into his open wound and tearing other parts open as they fill their stomachs with his innards. And so from there, the comic jumps five years into the future. Uh, the survivors from Asteroid M have come down to the planet, but with the help of zombie Janet, who is helping them now, they learn that the zombified heroes have fled the planet. And then on the last, I think it was the last page, last couple pages, we see a distant planet, and one of their leaders learn that Galactus is coming, but when we see what is happening outside, it's not Galactus. It's a handful of shadowed characters heading towards the planet. It's those zombie heroes, dressed as Galactus, now able to travel the cosmos and satiate their hunger using other planets as the buffet. And that is the end of Marvel Zombies. I'll be honest, from f for your descriptions of issues 3 th through 5, I was playing the opening of Pokemon three <laughs> on loop because I need, just needed somebody to see. I need to see something positive and hopeful. <laughs> I mean, that's a much better thing than three through five. I'll, I'll admit from there. All we have left is the random trivia. Pretty easy episode today. There wasn't a whole lot going on with this, this story here, but I had this last. I'm going to go ahead and put it first since it kind of wraps up everything. So Mark Miller would catch up with Robert Kirkman at one point and speak to him about the ending of his Marvel zombies run. After hearing how it ended, Miller decided to use the Marvel zombies ending and tie it in with his ending arcs of ultimate fantastic four. 
uh, which is the Frightful Arc, issues 30 through 32. And in this, it, it was real dumb. Basically, Dr. Doom and Reed Richards switch bodies, and Dr. Doom, like, finds out that the zombies are there and they've escaped and he doesn't want Reed Richards as Dr. Doom getting the credit. So he switches body back, you know, he switches bodies back, you know, kills the fantastic four zombies and is able to teleport himself into the Marvel zombie universe. And timeline wise, he arrives just as the zombified heroes are finishing up feasting on Galactus and you know, last page of Doom is like, you know, finally there's a challenge or you know something to that effect. And based on the ending of Marvel Zombies number five, you can tell he's dead, so he didn't put up that much of a fight apparently. But yeah, that's in Ultimate Fantastic Four thirty through thirty two. You know, I'm surprised that I'm surprised that I know it's because Jim Starlin had no part of it. I'm surprised there's no. There's, I'm think I'm happy and mad that there was no use of anything cosmic. <laughs> like, I mean, I know like obviously Galactus, Silver Surfer, those are cosmic, but just I wanted to. I'd love to see like what happened. What would happen if like a Marvel zombie character used the Infinity Gauntlet? I was just what, thinking what, that. What would that would what would that do? I don't know. Would they even be strong enough to do it? I'm trying to. Th- Hmm. But considering this story, it would be an inverse of like instead of wiping out half of all life, it it would double all all life. <laughs> uh huh. So just so there'd be more for them to eat. Mm-hmm. Because just having like wipe, just crossing off half of the entire population of the universe wouldn't be it just, it just wouldn't be a good plot point or plot device <laughs> i could imagine okay. like spider-man having fed just before he gets the gauntlet and then like basically taking out all of the zombies that way <laughs> like we don't need to be here i'm done with all of us <laughs> and poof they're all gone or wanda doing a no more zombies type of thing <laughs> Yeah, no more Zambambos. No more Zambies. So one of my uh, random trivia things here, again, I wrote this like all two, three months ago, something like that. Have you watched any of the What If series that recently started? I watched. I know this is going to sound very pandering because I mentioned it earlier. I watched the the second episode. Like, what if Black Panther Panther was Star-Lord? And hearing it's it's weird hearing Chadwick Boseman's voice more than a year after he died. Yeah. And hearing it for the first time, you know, like it's not it's not a, you know, rewatching Black Panther or something. It's like something new. I mean, I forgot what where I read it, but there was something that he wanted the more like he wanted the what if character version of himself from that episode or from that that storyline to come back in in Black Panther 2. Hmm. It was hard. It's still hard for me to think, like, figure out what he actually, if he wanted to, like, 
that ver like just said like Star Lord, uh, Black Panther, and T'Challa, six one six, Black Panther meet. I mean, given the multiverse, it would be pretty cool to see something like that. All all I know is that I had I, I, from basically Twitter and the entire internet is that everyone needs to watch the latest one. Like everything else, I have yet to watch an episode. It's just a matter of what do I want to do with my limited free time. <laughs> so anyways, I asked about the what if thing because I, I wasn't sure if they had showed it yet or not. But I know that one of the teaser trailers that they had shown had a zombified Captain America fighting against the Winter Soldier. So it's possible that they're doing a Marvel zombie episode of sorts. So I wasn't sure if they had actually done that yet or not. But if they haven't, I guess stay tuned. Maybe they will. Or I guess by the time this episode drops next month, it may already be released. I don't know. Uh, another thing is director Ben Wheatley, who has done High Rise. He's done some Doctor Who episodes. Um, he's shown interest in adapting the Marvel Zombies storyline onto the big screen. Um as far as I know, nothing had been started yet, but I think it's something that had been kind of tossed around here and there over the last several years. So potentially that could happen. And if they're opening up again, a multiverse in the MCU, then kind of more reason to do something like that kind of opens up their options. Who knows? Maybe there'll be another Disney plus show based on Marvel zombies. So Arthur Sidem has said a few things that I have no real way to tell how accurate they are. Uh, one of the things is he said that the success of Marvel zombies is what propelled AMC to finally give the walking dead a shot as a television show. So, I mean, there was the whole thing with HBO. Like there, I think HBO was the first place it was, it was pitched. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, and I think by the, at that point in time, Thomas Jane was attached to, to this series. Mm. Hmm. Which, man, I would have loved to see that. Yeah. But then again, Andrew Lincoln was, or he is, Rick Grimes. Some people. Yeah, if I remember right, they were having a hard time getting Walking Dead off the ground. But I can imagine if Marvel Zombies came around and sold as well as it did showing that yo, we want zombies, <laughs> give us some zombie stuff that they could turn around and make Walking Dead a thing. But again, I didn't see that mentioned anywhere else. Not even, I don't think I saw anything from Kirkman confirming that. So uh, the other thing he said is that at least back in 2013, that Marvel zombies was the best selling trade that Marvel has ever had. And so considering a lot of the stuff that has come out over the years for Marvel, whether it's, you know, infinity gauntlet or a lot of their big events from you know, house of M, you know, how well Avengers had sold, you know, everything to imagine that this book was one of their highest sellers or was the highest seller, at least in 2013. And I don't know where it would rank today, but, it's pretty impressive, pretty darn impressive for a story that I don't really like. But 
Uh, one of the covers that Sidem did for Marvel Zombies was a recreation of the Incredible Hulk number 340. And that's the iconic cover that has Wolverine on the front with his claw sticking out. And you see the Hulk's reflection in them. Um, however, the face he used for the Hulk on that cover wasn't from the original comic. Instead, what he did was he chose the face of the Hulk illustrated by Glenn Fabry on the 1994 video game cover, The Incredible Hulk, which seems like a weird <laughs> thing to do. But for whatever reason, that's what he decided to do. He used the video game cover for the Hulk's face instead of the actual comic itself. So and then the last thing I have here is that uh Marvel Zombies sold so well that artist Sean Phillips made it so much money from royalties that basically he felt comfortable enough that he would work free of charge for many months after Marvel started their icon imprint, which was like their creator owned line that they were doing. Um, Had not been for that uh, financial comfort he probably would not have taken a chance on doing criminal with Ed Brubaker as he wasn't being paid during that time. So yeah, Alan, that's all I have. I'm just, I think just think it's crazy that this is like the dark version of Mickey mouse <laughs> of comics, like the gory hit that started it all. <laughs> it's so weird. The legacy, like I feel like that f- the first couple Marvel zombies was big and I heard no one talk about any of the other series, but apparently they've continued to sell well enough that they continue churning them out every few years. But man, the the, <laughs> the only uh, I've actually there there is a Marvel Zombies I wanted to see, like I've like a little mini thing I wanted to read. It was from Secret Wars, Marvel Zombies versus Age of Ultron. Yeah, because think- that sounds like. That sounds like the most metal thing I could think like I could read that isn't DC metal or death metal. Yeah, I haven't read it yet. I thought I had bought it off Comixology when it was like three dollars like two months, two months ago. I just never got around to reading it. I bought one of the omnibuses and I think Age of Ultron or something. I don't, I don't know, but at some point I'm going to get around to it. I think it's still saved on my tablet upstairs i mean as i i, I put as i put in the chat i think either earlier in the week just so there's just, just it just shows how my brain goes how, how things trigger my brain to go from this is interesting to i, I need to buy this <laughs> i was watching um i know this is gonna be a dc thing because i love dc comics I was watching um, this episode of Stargirl and the actor who plays, who's playing the shade is doing a, a great job. And just through the shade, because the shade is involved in Stargirl, I realized I need to get, I need to buy that Starman on of us or compendium. And Josh, let me tell you that this thing is almost, this is near the size of a, of a college, uh, college book. <laughs> I believe it. Like it is, it's like double. It's like maybe two, three times bigger than a um, than a high school textbook. Does it actually contain everything, or is it like split into two or three different volumes? It contains uh, Starman 
zero to forty-two. The the two Starman annuals, the eighty-page giant, secret files and origins, uh, the power of Shazam thirty-five and thirty-six. <laughs> Basically, there's is a very thick book. <laughs> like, and the, the thing I don't like is that's paperback. Like compared to my my other omnibuses, yeah. Like my my two fantastic my Fantastic Four Volume One and Two, my Batman by Graham Morrison ones. I'm just you wanted it, Alan. I remember on I our know. introductions episode we had brought the whole omnibus up, and so I was just waiting. I was waiting for you to buy it ever since. <laughs> and the thing that just t- breaks my heart on the cover, it says. Featuring characters inspired the hit show Stargirl on the CW. Oh. And it's like the the fantastic cover of uh, Jack with with the goggles. Such a good design. I love that design so much. Simple. And it still works so well. It's just that that book... I'm pretty sure like that if that book never happened... I was going to go into a little diatribe about the what happened, what would, what would things look like if there was no Superman, as I did a, in an old, old, older episode of this show. Mm-hmm. But, man, if there was, ne- like, if, like, is Starman, like the James Robinson Starman run, it did what no other series has, has done since, like, at least a comic for, for, uh, for the big, from the big two. Like having a beginning, middle, and end. Some point I'm gonna read it. I promise, Alan. At some point I'm gonna read that series. It, it's so good. I remember people were hyping that series up when James Robinson was announced to do his Superman arc or his Superman run on back. God, what was it? Late two thousands. And they just talked it up and talked it up. And then he got on that Superman book. And I was like, I hate this. I hate this so much. Like everything that they was like, oh, God, he did this so good on Starman. Like none of that. None of it happened in on his Superman run. So I'm really curious on what that Starman run is like because it's so well loved. Okay, so I can just I can give you a few little notes of basically what the what happens or not now what happens like what to expect from it like if jsa interactions between jack knight time travel and tony harris leaving the book like halfway through <laughs> he still he still did cut the covers though for the after he, le- he left the book but i think they're gonna have to re- reprint it do another omnibus of it hmm. well god i didn't even realize it was this late let me get let me get us out of here, Alan, so you can go to bed. Cause I, I did not realize it was already past midnight for you. Oh, this is normal for me now. I'm just. Oh, is it? I only sleep like twenty minutes a day. Oh, that's not good, Alan. That's not good. Get some sleep. Who, who needs that? <laughs> me. I need it. My eyes were heavy before I started this. I was sitting in the, my. You know, my son's bedroom, like, I usually kneel down next to his bed to help him go sleep at night. And he was 
not having it tonight. I could just feel my eyes just like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> stay up. Stay up, Josh. I still have to let my dog out before I go to bed. So so let's wrap this up because you may sleep 20 minutes, but I'm going to try and sleep at least seven hours. So we'll see <laughs> how that works. Yes, thank you for everyone for listening. Spread the word. Rate, review, all the normal outro stuff that we always say. If you like what you hear, if you want to hear more, please support this podcast by spreading us around. We always appreciate it. And the more ears they hear us, it's great. It's great. They may not appreciate us as much as we appreciate them. But we want to grow, and that's how we'll do it. Don't forget to follow us on Hypertime to Podcast on Twitter at HypertimePod. I've been debating whether or not to keep that Twitter open because I just never really get on there very much. Comics Twitter has felt so negative. <laughs> so negative over the past few months. And I'm just kind of tired of it. But as of right now, I still have it. So HypertimePod, if you have questions, topic suggestions, anything like that, my DMs there are open. Um, you can also email us at hypertime, the number two podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we also have other video game content over at vgu.tv. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter there as well at vgu underscore TV. Alan, what's the win Twitter now? Oh, okay. I got to bring that up because <laughs> I'm going to have to add this into the notes too. I've got okay, so it's uh, at VGU WinPod. Okay, added to my little outro notes here. Make sure I touch on everything. So yeah, follow the Win Podcast there as well, along with subscribing to VGU Podcast, so you can hear Players Club, you can hear Win, you can hear this if you're not already, um, and check out our YouTube is. Oh my God, I'm so tired. Follow our YouTube as well on, at VGUTV, where there's always something going up. I have, I'm so close to finishing up my VVV, VVV playthrough. I have one more episode to do. Graydon has been churning stuff out. You're always churning stuff out. If you need something to watch, check us out. Like and subscribe there. We try and put out as much stuff as we can. And hopefully it's stuff you'll like. Uh, you can follow my personal Twitter at jmilly99. That's J-M-I-L-L-E-99. And Alan, where can they follow you at? So they can follow me on Twitter at the Alamir. That is the A-L-L-A-N-M-U-I-R. And Alan, do you have a tweet of... It's not really a bye week anymore. <laughs> do you have a tweet you would like to share? Oh man, I'm torn because I'm torn between a tweet from today and one from three days ago. You know what? I'll go with the. I was gonna say since we're kind of doing, we cha we're changing it up for season two where we only do like one episode a month. Technically, that means it's two bi weeks <laughs> between episodes. Oh, nice. So just give us both of those. Okay, I'll go in reverse order. I'll start from most recent to old. Just three words for the first one. 
Mars needs guitars. <laughs> what? What? Not, what does that mean? That is a reference to uh, the MVP baseball franchise or se- series. It only lasted three years. <laughs> it was. It was the best. But I put out too many tweets about my love for that that series. Had great music. Had great visuals. Had great gameplay. It had the ability to for you to build the stadium, which you couldn't do on the X, on the original Xbox. You were able to build a stadium. It, it took basically two console generations to go by for that te- for that feature to come mm-hmm. back. And then, like the people on the people who were like, "Don't buy, I'll do the show." Like boycott them for not including, like for hiding uh, creative stadiums behind or hiding it behind next gen paywall. Uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but the other, but the thing that I that I, I am serious about from three days ago, but much longer. Got a chance to see something upcoming for VG.TV that EJ Sponge Six One, aka Emmett spearheaded and i can't wait to see the reaction reaction to it yeah but by the time by the time this this goes live that video will have come and gone when is he putting that up um i got i have to get back to him about that like because i know he as of recording this episode he he did a solo episode of players club mm-hmm. like a small a smaller one man one man show so i'm probably probably this coming week, like the week of um, the the week of the twelfth, and that's some big news for us. So hopefully people will check that out. I'm excited. There's a lot of stuff I want to do that at some point I have to actually do, <laughs> but it's fun. It'll be fun stuff. No, yeah. Oh man, I'm just so damn angry that 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 my I couldn't do that X Men Destiny thing. Because believe it or not, I was actually having more fun with that than I was with the other games I did LPs of. Oh yeah, yeah. Even though it was a lot of frantic buttons tapping or button mashing, it, it'd I can't, be so good. I can't remember what turned me off of that game. I think I got to the very last level and either couldn't oh, beat it or something glitched, and I or my save got erased. I can't remember what it was. But something screwed me up at the very end. I just was like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, the how long to beat.com says it's like five hours. I beat the game in four. Then mm. again, I was playing on easy because I didn't want to I didn't want to have to deal with any of the bullshit with that game. And I'm not I don't care. I don't care if I have to sacrifice a bunch of content for it to make just to be done with that game. And it's just very ironic that right as I get halfway through the cutting up, like the cutting process, it turns out to be like, no, the series, the whole thing, either the game capture broke or the whole of the game broke. (laughs) And I still haven't, I, I, I have never for that game. They built, they built up bastion and I haven't seen them since. (laughs) Not not to say that there's something like that Mike Carey can't say like he can't tell a story because he can. I remember literally nothing about that game. Just that I did not enjoy playing it. 
I actually the the best part of the game was the credits sequence. <laughs> I'll be honest, because you're playing like you're whoever you choose to join up with, uh, either the Brotherhood or the X Men. You just as as the credits are rolling, you're you're all fighting people like fighting enemies. So is everyone just spamming their powers? <laughs> and I sort of had, and it's a shame. It's a shame that that the whole thing didn't work out because, um, the actor who voices uh, Harry in the Insomniac Spider-Man, he, he does one of the three protagonists hmm. uh, voice, and uh, what's his face, uh, Peters voice actor or he's in the game too. He voice, I think he voices uh, Quicksilver. And like I had, I just found it. I, I remembered that he voiced like that. Those two were in that game and I was going to have, I was going to try to slip in this like Spider-Man reference. <laughs> if I had like, if I had the ability to magically fix the game screwing up, you're, you're alone with all. That's that's what I was thinking of. That's the name, yeah. I'm terrible with names, but if it's, it's one of those things that if I hear the name, I'll know it. Yeah, with that, let's go ahead and bid everyone adieu. I hope you all take care. I look forward to talking again to all of you next month as we discuss... Well, we'll figure that out closer to recording time. <laughs> Which one do we want to do? But until then, I hope you all take care. Have a good Halloween. And we will see you before Thanksgiving. Bye. This has been a VGU.TV production. For all of the hottest hot takes and other opinions on video games, music, and a lot more, tune in to VGU.TV.